We are starting a new series today, uh, Essential Work. I see you all look like essential workers with your mask on. <laughs> so you, you are qualified for this job. I'm looking for someone who will take a full-time job, an essential work. Someone who will work for 38 hours per week. Someone who will work every day eight hours. It's normally 7.6 hours legally, but you can give me the bonus of eight. The person will be receiving all prayer points for the church, all issues that are happening in people's lives, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We'll be sending them to you. The person will be praying for pastors, my wife and I and my children and our children, everything we are doing, every church service, every connect group. Basically, the person will be working full-time praying for the church. The prayer time does not include reading books or listening to music <laughs> or even reading the Bible. It is about talking to God all eight hours and listening. But you can just refer to the Bible, just a small scripture to support your prayer, but not as a Bible reading. Are you still interested? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> And we will keep adding more details as we go. If we feel like there is some spiritual attacks in the church, we send you there. You will be carrying the church burden in prayer. Anyone? Oh. No one is interested in taking a full-time job to pray for the church. <laughs> we believe that prayer is the most challenging work. It is the most, that, that, that's why nobody is raising their hand to take this job, because it's the most challenging job. But yes, the most rewarding. Prayer is the most rewarding job. For most Christians, prayer is the most complex discipline. Some Christians can give, or some Christians can go to church, or can help the, 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 the poor. Or the, you can do other disciplines. Sometimes even if it's even easier to fast than to pray for some Christians. You can do other Christian disciplines, but when it comes to prayer, it is the most complex discipline, but the most essential. The most essential. But why is it hard for most Christians to pray. Do you feel like you don't pray enough? Do you feel like you're not qualified to pray? Do you feel like you don't know how to pray? You're not alone in that. Most believers feel like they don't pray enough. It, it's common among Christians. Most Christians feel like they don't pray enough. Sometimes even myself, I feel, I pray, I feel like I'm not praying enough. There is this tension in Christian life, to feel like you should pray more. Understanding why we should pray, when to pray, who can pray, how to pray, what is prayer, is the beginning of revival in your prayer life. It will bring revival in your prayer life. And that is what we are doing in the next four to five weeks. Most Christians talk about prayer, preach even about prayer, read about prayer. Posts about prayer on social media, but very few pray. 
My prayer is that this teaching not only will educate all of us, but it will also revive each one of us to become prayerful. So my prayer is that by the end of this teaching, even today, or the end of this series, we will be revived to pray. Prayer is an art. Arts can be learned. Arts can be developed. Prayer is a skill and not a gift. No one is gifted to prayer. Among the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is not the gift of prayer. Prayer is a discipline, is a skill you can learn and develop. There is no such a thing as the gift of prayer. Every Christian must learn to pray. No one is born prayerful. It's not a talent. No one is born prayerful. It's a skill. You can exercise it and master it. Even the people you think they pray, they pray, they look prayerful. They were not born praying. They learned how to pray. So Jesus' disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray because they were not born prayerful and they knew they did not have the gift of prayer. So they asked Jesus, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Then you can teach someone how to pray and you can learn how to pray. And that's why I'm here today to preach and teach you how to pray. Because I know it's a skill you can learn. So if you used to think that prayer is the gift and only Pastor Christelle has it, you've been misled. No one has a gift of prayer. No one. We all discipline ourselves and learn how to pray. So the disciples asked Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 1. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. So they heard that John had taught his disciples to pray, and they came to Jesus, and they saw him praying. Then they said, you, you are praying. Can you teach us how to do what you, you are doing? And Jesus did not hesitate. He taught them how to pray. He gave them the plan or, on how to pray. So in this first session we are doing today, we will look at the essence of prayer. We will answer the question, what is prayer? For the next four weeks, we are going to look at whom should pray, where to pray, how to pray, when to pray, why to pray. We'll, look at, we'll answer all those W's of prayer. But today, let's look at what is prayer. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of definitions of prayer. Many books have been published and great sermons have been preached on prayer. After reading and listening to prayerful people, and from my own experiences, I found three essentials, concepts, that summarize prayer. And the first one is, prayer is a conversation. We communicate. We have a chat. We, we have a conversation with God. Conversation. Prayer is talking to God. Some people would say that they don't see the necessity of telling God what he already knows. So why tell God? If God is all-knowing, 
Why should I come to him and, and tell him, God, give me this, God, I want that, God, God, why? So some people feel like they don't need to remind God what he knows already. Because he's all-knowing. Others would say that God is preoccupied with most significant problems. There is no need to bother him with small requests. Some people really, really need God more than me. So why bother him with my small issues? Some people think like that. And that's why they don't go to God to pray. And God is telling you, if that's the way you think, in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and incomprehensible things you do not know. So listen, God is willing to listen. He's saying, call to me. He's willing to listen. But that's not the end of it. He says, as much as I want to listen, I also want to talk back. I want also to speak. So he's willing to talk to you. Call to me and I will tell you. He will listen and he will speak. So prayer is not just talking to God. It's also listening to God. This scripture is, a, is an invitation to a conversation. Prayer is not giving information to God. God knows already everything. But just because God knows everything doesn't mean he will act on it. God's knowledge does not equal God's action. It doesn't. God that does not only want to bless you, he also wants to tell you how to manage the blessing. Adam and Eve, they were living with God. And they needed to know how to manage God's blessings. So God was telling them what to do. Can you imagine? God gave them permission to have babies. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> they just created and then God started telling, yeah, go have babies. Uh, go and cultivate. Go and why? God doesn't want just to bless you. He wants to tell you how to manage the blessing. You know, some people would say, oh, you know, God has given me this wife. Oh, God, why did you bring me into this life? <laughs> oh, God, why did you give me this job? Why did you bring me to this town? Yes, God gave you the job. Yes, God gave you that spouse. Yes, God blessed you. Did you ask him how to use the blessing? Did you ask him how to manage the blessing? So God wants to hear from you as much as to talk to you. God wants that. You, he wants to hear what you need. He also wants to talk to you on how to manage the blessing. Sometimes even... Even if God knows what we need, he waits until we have a conversation about it. So not only he wants to tell you how to manage it, but there are times where God, he knows what you need, but he wants you to come to him to talk about it. And you know why? Because God has given us dominion over the earth. God has given us dominion on things on earth. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish and the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. God gave us rulership on earth. 
because God has given us rulership over the earth, sometimes he decides not to intervene until we invite him. Prayer is inviting God into our rulership. Prayer is a conversation with God, giving him permission. And I use the term permission because sometimes he waits until we give him that permission to come. We allow him to come into our businesses. So we, we invite the eternal God into time because he has given us rulership over things. So when we pray, we invite God into our things that we rule. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. He gave us rulership and he was leading. He was helping us to manage it. And we sinned. We kicked him out of the business. So prayer is inviting him back into our businesses. Calling heaven into the affairs of earth. Because we have rulership over the earth. And we invite God into it. So you may still be wondering, why does God sometimes decide to intervene without asking anybody's permission? We have two kinds of will of God. One is unconditional will of God. Another one is conditional will of God. Unconditional will of God is what does not require anybody's intervention. He created the earth without asking our permission. He spoke and the universe came to existence without asking my opinion or your opinion. But sometimes God waits until we partner with him for something to happen. And that is called conditional will of God. It will wait until humans invite God. We have things that God will wait in his sovereignty. He does things without asking us. In his wisdom, he waits until we invite him to do things. And that's how God operates. And that's why we pray. And James said this in James chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. Because it's a conditional situation. It's a conditional will of God. If you don't ask, you don't get it. And there are so many things in our lives that are based on the conditional will of God until we ask it's not happening. Until we ask, it will not happen. God's knowledge does not equal God's action. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30, I searched for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I may not destroy it, but I found no one. What was God waiting for? Someone to invite him in the matters. God was waiting. That's scripture. It was a conditional will of God. God was waiting for someone to invite him and no one did. Can you imagine the whole nation of Israel, no one remembered to invite God. God is saying it. I found no one to invite me. It was a conditional situation. God did not want to impose himself. He was waiting and waiting and waiting. If you want to know what issue in my life is conditional and which issue in my life is not conditional, come next time. Today we are defining prayer. Good. That was a good advertisement. 
James put the responsibility on us. When God wants to cooperate with us and we refuse to cooperate, he will wait. God does not do what we ought to do and we can never do what it's supposed to do. I want you to understand this. God will never come to do what you are supposed to do. He will wait until you are ready to do it. And you will never do what God can do. There is a clear responsibility on what God can do, which is the divine, and what you can do, which is the human, in every miracle. God does the divine. We do the human. God does not do the human. Prayer is the human. Inviting God, the responsibility is on us. God wants to have conversations with us. God is willing to be and available to listen every time we call on him. He said, call, and I will answer. He wants you to give him permission. When you go to bed, give permission to God to protect you. When you wake up in the morning, give permission to God to give you wisdom to lead you during the day. When you enter your office and you're about to sit on your chair, give God permission to work with you. You're about to start driving your car. Ask God, give God permission to drive with you. Don't say God knows I need protection. Give him permission to protect you. You need God's protection, talk to him. God, send your angels to cover me. Don't just say, I know I'm surrounded by angels. Who told you they will do anything? They listen to God, they don't listen to your thought. They don't listen to your wishes. They listen to God only. There is a clear chain of command in heaven. You need to talk to God. You're about to drive. God, protect me. And he sent his angels. He has promised to do it. Give God permission to act in your life. That's why we pray. Don't just wish it happened. Speak it. Say it to God. Pray. So God wants to know if you want him or if you only want his staff. That's why he wants conversations. He wants to know if, do you want really a relationship with me or you just want the things that I deliver, I give? That's why God wants conversations. He wants a relationship. God, is, God doesn't want to be loved for what he does. He wants to be loved for who he is. We all want that from our children. We all want that from people in our life. Just want to give, 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 give. But you never even come to me to say, how are you? Every time I see you, you're after something. He wants us to come to him because we want him and not the things he gives. And that will lead us to the second definition, which is prayer is communion with God. The purpose of prayer is not just to communicate to have a conversation with God, or to get stuff from him, the purpose of prayer is to maintain communion between heaven and earth, between human and God, between a human heart and God's heart. I, I mentioned the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve did not need to pray. We don't see prayer in the book of Genesis until Abraham negotiating with God. Why in the book of Genesis, why at creation, Adam and Eve did not need prayer? Because they were walking with God. They had God as, as a partner. They, they had communion with God. And then when they sinned, they disobeyed God. That communion was broken. So for us, 
prayer is the way to maintain communion. It's the way to invite God's presence in our businesses because we ask him to leave. When Adam and Eve sinned, they asked Jesus, they asked God to leave them alone. It was a choice they made. We don't want to be guided by you. We don't want to be managed by you. We will do business on our own. That's the decision they made. So we have to call him to come to us. That's what prayer does. Prayer is calling God back close to us. Not just to get what he gives, but to get his presence around us. That's what prayer does. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, Especially because of the extraordinary revelations, therefore, so that I would not exalt myself. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfect, it's perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. Paul prayed and prayed and prayed. And God said, my answer to your prayer is my grace, my presence, my inner strength, and not the physical healing. What does it mean? Sometimes God will not give you what you want. He just gives himself to you. Because that's what you need. Sometimes we want things from God, and all God knows we need is his presence. His presence will do the job for you. Moses knew that as long as he's walking with God, they will be successful. He knew that. So when God says, no, I, I, I want to let you just go and do your things, you know, you know what Moses said to God? Unless you go with us, if your presence does not go, Moses responded, don't make us go from here. Why? Moses knew the presence of God is more than any miracle you can ask for. The purpose of prayer is not just to get what you want, but to keep you in alignment with God. It keeps you in alignment. Billy Graham said, we are to pray in times of adversity, lest we become faithless and unbelieving. We are to pray in times of prosperity, lest we become boastful, boastful and proud. We are to pray in times of danger, lest we become fearful and doubting. We are to pray in times of, of security, lest we become self-sufficient. What is he talking about? He is saying pray all the times. When things are good, when things are bad. Pray all the times. Why? Because you need God all the time. Sometimes God moves the mountain for us. He answers your prayers. But sometimes he gives us the strength to climb the mountain. What does it mean? When we climb it, it means we are walking with God. His strength in us. That's why what he told Paul. My grace is sufficient. I will give you the strength to climb that mountain. You don't need healing, Paul. You just need me. And it will be done for you. No, God, I'm not eloquent enough. I can't do this. You just need me and you will receive favor. No, God, I don't have the money. Yo, you don't need the money. You need me. 
And remember, I said it's a conversation. So I still go, I'm still going to ask for things. God is not against us to ask for things. But he wants first relationship, which is communion with him. So let's commit to prayer as a way to remain, to be in tune with God. We need God's presence. And his presence will win the battles for us. Will climb mountains with us. His presence. And that will lead us to the last point. Prayer is confidence in God. Confidence in God. Matthew chapter 26, 39. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed. My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. What does it mean? Jesus prayed. The son of God. Loved by God, he went before God and prayed. If Jesus prayed, how much? Me and you. Jesus prayed to ask the Father to do things. He prayed to stay in tune with the Father. But he also prayed to keep his heart in check. And I want to draw your attention to this. Lack of prayer is another form of pride. Lack of prayer is sending a message to God that we think we can make it without him. You don't pray because you think you can make it without God. People who have confidence in God pray. Lack of prayer results in arrogance or insecurity. Insecurity is telling yourself that you are less than others. It's an insult to God to think that you are less than others. He created you equal with everybody. Arrogance is telling yourself that you are more than others. It's an insult to God to tell God that you are more than others. Because he created you equal with everybody. Lack of prayer is pride. So prayer reminds us that in God we move, we live and have our being. Paul said in Acts chapter 17 verse 28, For in him we live and move and exist. I love this scripture. In him we move, we live, and have our being. I love this. I say thank you to God every day because I know if I can breathe, it's because of you. I know if I can, if I can speak, it's because of you. I live because of you. Any time, any second, you can take my breath away. I'm grateful to God every day because I know in him I live, I move, and have my being. And that's why I pray. Because it's a sign of trust. I trust that in him I live. Prayer shows our confidence in God. That we trust God. And that's why we pray. Those who don't trust God don't pray. Those who do pray. Praying is acknowledging that you cannot do it on your own. It's acknowledging that your weaknesses are covered under God's strength. And at the same time, it is admitting that your strength is not your own. It is from God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 said, says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Other versions will say something else. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, strengthens me. This passage is not just for those who are insecure about doing things. Because when you feel afraid, you say, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. That is one, one way of looking at it. It's also for those who are successful. 
to, re to be reminded that you did it because he strengthened you. When you cross a, a river, you remind yourself, I did it because he strengthened me. It's not just for the weak, it's for the strong too, to be reminded. All that you do is because he gave you the strength to do it. We pray as a sign of confidence to God. Prayer expresses confidence to God. It displays confidence in God. It returns credit to God. Prayer is communication. Prayer is communion. Prayer is confidence. A man's daughter had asked the local pastor to come and pray with the father. When the pastor arrived, he found the man lying in the bed with his head propped up on two pillows and an empty chair beside his bed. The priest assumed that the old fella had been informed of his visit. So I guessed you were expecting me, the priest said. No. Who are you, the man asked. I'm the new associate pastor at your local church, the pastor replied. When I saw the empty chair, I figured that uh, you knew I was going to show up. Oh yeah, the chair, said the bedridden man. Would you mind closing the door? The pastor, the pastor shut the door. I've never told anyone this, not even my daughter, said the man. But all of my life, I have never known how to pray. At church, I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer. But it always went right over my head. I abandoned any attempt at prayer. The old man continued. Until one day, about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. Sit down on a chair, place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith, see Jesus on the chair. It's not spooky because he promised I'll be with you always. So I tried it and I've liked it so much that I do it a couple of hours every day. I'm careful though. If my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or send me off to the funny farm. The pastor was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old guy to continue on the journey. Then he prayed with him and returned to the church. Just a conversation, put an empty chair there, talk to Jesus, just like you're talking to a normal human being. If you don't know how to pray, start from there. It's a conversation, it's communion, and it's confidence. I hope this will encourage you to start today.